0: Welcome to the Regen podcast, updating you on the latest in smart and renewable energy. Regen takes time to digest the latest renewable energy policy, technology and market development announcements and prepare them for you to make informed decisions about your business.
1: This podcast is brought to you with support from the Esme Fairbairn Foundation. The Esme Fairbairn Foundation has been supporting Regen's community energy programme for three years. This podcast is about heat. Um, I'm Chloe, I'm here talking to Giovanna and Alex from Southsea, about a heat project that Southsea and Regen have been collaborating on developing. Um, welcome, hello. Hello. Um, and for you.
2: the purposes of the podcast, would you please introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Giovanna Speccialli. I am CEO of South East London Community Energy. Um, Alex likes to say that CEO stands for Community Energy Audubon. Um, I'm Alex Hartley. I am a founder director of
3: South East London Community Energy and I'm just an odd board. <laughs> Good.
1: <laughs> so um, with some funding from Friends Provident, um, we've been collaborating on, uh, with you on what a new business model for community heat might look like. And um, my understanding is that that's because you guys have developed solar projects And following changes in the feed-in tariff, you wanted to explore heat as another option. Can you tell me about what Celsius has been doing over the past few years and how
2: you arrived at the position that you
1: thought that might be a good idea?
2: You're right that um, we have been developing solar for the past few years. We have 326 kilowatt peak of solar, uh, community finance solar on seven schools. um, With the drop in the feed-in tariff, uh, it occurred to us that um, although the feed and tariff was dropping, the renewable heat incentive wasn't. Perhaps there was a business model for renewable heat that was similar to the solar model in that we could raise community finance for a renewable energy um, kit, if you like, renewable energy um, plant um, and own and operate that plant. Um but I think also the reason was it was a little bit more fundamental than that we do also do a lot of work tackling fuel poverty, and we both spend a lot of our working days talking to people about heat that in many ways, heat is a fundamental nut to crack, and uh we wanted to know more and um you know and it's particularly relevant, I think in London, where we don't have capacity for wind, we don't have capacity for hydro particularly. And that, you know, we have sites with massive heat demand. And to begin
3: with, when we were, from our inception, we weren't particularly wedded to solar as a particular technological response to um, low-carbon generation. It was just, it was the easiest in terms of planning permission, It's pretty much plug-and-play, it's an established technology Um So it wasn't a difficult sort of fundamental shift for us. It was just a logical next progression, really, wasn't it? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So what are the key
2: differences between a solar project and a heat project? Oh, Complexity. Um, The technology itself is less complex. With with solar, it's one technology. With renewable heat, it's a suite of possible technologies. So um, our first task was in many ways, to identify what technologies would work. It's very context-specific. Many renewable heat technologies will only work in buildings that are reasonably thermally efficient. Um, In many ways, I think renewable heat, the, the, the technology that generates the heat, is only one part of... A whole suite of factors that affect uh, whether that technology or whether you get effective production of heat. You know, it's very, very context specific. Um, it's also um, you've got to think about O and M. You've got to think about operation and maintenance. Uh, most heat technologies will t- require a lot more operation and maintenance than solar pv so with solar pv you know the challenge is all about getting it up there mm-hmm. and once you've got it up there and you've got all the well, you know um everything working it's more a process of just keeping an eye on it with heat it's a lot more of you the, the you know you as a group are going to have to be much much more actively involved in ensuring that it continues to provide heat um it's also you know um to put it bluntly it's a lot scarier you know, if your solar plant goes down, you've got access to grid. If your heat plant goes down, that's a lot more serious for your site. So, um, it, it, it's a different ball game, I think. I mean, what was your impression?
3: Well, because on a roof, um, you've got less option. It's basically coming up with a energy solution for a particular site. For uh, to help um, narrow down what technology choice you want to go with, and you might have several options, and they've all got pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And actually, trying to decide the best in the um, first instance for the site and for maybe the the organisation that uh, utilises that site is something that you know it's not just a sort of ah oh, here's a roof let's put some solar on it, is
2: mm-hmm. it? Yeah.
1: What have been the key challenges for Celsius in developing this heat project?
2: It's a murky world heat. Mm -hmm. With any technology, um, you have... um, It's a compromise. So with solar PV, it's low carbon, but you also have to think about the rare earth metals. On balance, most of us decide that it's worth installing Mm -hmm. uh, solar PV. It's a relatively easy um, decision. We had... um, We had a lot more difficulties with heat. It's a lot less clear-cut. Quite often, heat involves a lot more compromises. So we went through a process where uh, we identified the values, the things that were important to us, what we felt would make a successful heat project. That included, um, you know, not just that it makes financial sense, but also that it's low carbon, but also you have to think about the other impacts, such as air quality. Which is obviously super on trend at the
3: moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of discussion in London about air quality. Mm.
3: About is... time as well, but it's difficult because. Well, my personal opinion is that if if uh, energy generation and low carbon transport or zero emission transport was where it at least half should be for London, it wouldn't be quite so potentially contentious if you wanted to say install some biomass basically the carbon emissions are off the scales with the particulate matter and by looking at implementing some biomass generation then we're actually adding to that load rather than it being you know a a kind of more acceptable level so it probably looks like we probably can't do biomass because of that reason and also another challenge is, is Some people have got very technical backgrounds within our management committee and some this is all totally new and bringing them along enough so that we're all kept up to speed to be able to make informed decisions as well. So there's a learning process there too for individuals.
1: So you've talked about um, air quality being probably a bit of a deciding feature for you in um, making it very difficult for you to develop a heat project. Are there any other values that you identified that made it tricky for you to consider developing a heat project?
2: Yeah, um, essentially we came up with three possible technologies. Uh, we worked with a consultant who identified the technologies that best met our values, that would wipe its own face financially, uh, produce low carbon solution, um, and also think about other factors such as air quality. Of those technologies too were biomass based technologies and we discovered that planning regulation wouldn't allow those technologies, that the GLA had instructed all local authorities to be very careful about granting planning permission and set very low emission limits for for biomass. So we then looked at an air source heat pump. There are compromises there. Um... Air source heat pumps require electricity. Most electricity from grid is produced from coal-fired power stations, so you've got a lot of carbon intensity in the grid. So it's all a set of compromises. There is no one ideal renewable heat technology that would tick all the boxes for most people who consider themselves an environmentalist. So that these were the challenges. It was it was a lot of soul searching, and we went through. We did a lot of work with the board trying to identify criteria that we think would allow us to move forward. Another challenge with renewable heat, now I think we've arrived very much at air source heat pump being the solution that we want to follow. Another challenge is that you're trying to beat the price of gas. (laughs) The price of gas is very low. So we've worked out that we can provide sites with a modest saving. We don't know whether they will want to move forward with that level of saving. But it is challenging, um, certainly more challenging than solar, where it's fairly where we're replacing electricity, where it's fairly clear the price of electricity is, 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 is high and is going to go up. With gas, it's less clear. So there are greater risk factors, I think. You've also got to think, where you're using electricity, you've also got fuel cost risk. You know, what if the price of electricity goes up? Because with an air source heat pump, it is driven by electricity. What if the price of electricity goes up uh, much higher than we expect? That, that that poses a greater risk. So I think both the risks and the sort of value judgments that you need to make uh, with heat are a lot more complex than solar. That's why I said it's a murky world. You know.
1: And, and, um, and so much of that depends on the context that you're in. Yeah. You know, if you're in a site where you can generate your electricity um, through PV at the same time as having well, the heat, then does it make more sense or is it still not You'd possible?
2: you mm. mm. So, here's the problem with using PV. Typically, uh, when the sun is shining is when you want less heat. So, technologically, they don't necessarily match up. And actually, on when you when you build it into your financial model, the cost of solar PV is actually more than the cost of grid. So, uh, although you're building in some security in terms of the, the the fuel cost risk, because actually you know what the cost of that solar PV is going to be to you over over the period. Yeah, it, it's not a panacea. We're certainly considering installing solar PV, but it's not necessarily a remedy and storage at the moment isn't doesn't it
3: blows the business model it's not a viable option sadly yet hopefully
2: so yeah it's interesting we we're, we're still working through it i mean i should make it clear that i st- uh, you know i'm professing some certain level of expertise no way we we're, we're, <laughs> we're still working through all these issues and um i'd love to provide you with a fully worked solution here, but that's not where we are. We're not that's not where we're at. Um, no. Not. We're all still trying to figure out our way in this new world. Yeah, we? indeed,
1: indeed.
3: It was quite an exciting journey in terms of before we could we totally discounted biomass actually, because a few years ago we'd both seen quite an interesting innovative project called BioBean at a big fair which was, was remain nameless <laughs> and um, it was called BioBean and it was basically using co- waste coffee grounds as a fuel source um, so it, ha- it would have been a waste product so that was quite exciting to explore the impact of that on potentially yeah. and uh, also some scrubbing technologies as well.
2: We wanted one of the technologies we came up with as a possible technology was um, a multi-bio bo- boiler. Multi bio boilers, made by a co op, fuelled by Biobeam, <laughs> made from waste coffee grounds. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, to us. I mean, we obviously, know. we're a bit of energy
0: geek. Sand energy, but we thought that was yeah, really cool. But unfortunately,
2: cool. it's not possible within air quality limits in London. The issue for groups in the rest of the UK is that Biobeam is made in Cambridge. And of course, the longer, the more, the further the biobean has to travel. Um, it's not food miles; it's carbon miles. Carbon miles, increase the <laughs> carbon miles. But I, I don't know. I haven't looked at um, particularly at the at the counts for uh, carbon emissions associated with transporting by bi- being in other parts of the country. But possibly, possibly a solution to look at. They're, you know, they're a great, you know. And you know, initially, you pooh-poohed me about the scrubbing technology. I remember,
3: mm-hmm. and then explored it and found it wasn't. Quite as ridiculous as it sounded.
1: Now, no. yeah, forgive my ignorance, but what's the scrubbing technology?
2: So you can uh, mitigate uh, the air quality impacts, the emissions of PM, uh, PM twos, PM tens, um, and NOx using a ceramic filter and a scrubber. The issue for us is that we were looking at our sites have a high heat demand; they're swimming pools, mm. but. They don't have an extremely high heat demand. Most of these technologies are only become financially viable where you've got at least a 200-kilowatt uh, boiler. But so what
1: sort of place has a 200-kilowatt t- boiler? You're probably looking at some district heat.
2: You know, not a single site. Um, we wanted to work on the basis of a single site simply because actually um, it reduces what an economist would call transactional costs. Uh, If you're working with a single site, then your legal agreements are a lot easier Um, than if you're working across multiple sites. That's why we didn't want to look at um, district heat as our first dipping dipping our toe into, you know, renewable heat. Um, We are still only three years old. We're only three years old, and that was a little bit... District heat's a little bit scary. Um, (laughs) So... um, Yeah, that's why we focused. We wanted to find a technology that will work on a single-site model, albeit a site that has a high heat demand. So um, you're three years in, you've
1: successfully developed solar projects, and the FITs reduced, Um, so you wanted to explore heat as an option. Now, I'm hearing that you're saying that you think that in the main, biomass is out maybe air source heat pumps is a possibility. For if air source heat pumps aren't a possibility, what is the future
3: for CELSI? We've got lots of other things that... We've almost got too many irons in the fire and pot potential projects to focus on, haven't we? Um, this was just something quite close to our hearts and it was also being commercially savvy because some of our sites... We'd worked on the PV projects had swimming pools and were quite inefficient buildings as well. So, to actually benefit our existing partners in another way, as well as utilising the heat, and so that was the lowest hanging fruit to go for those first of all, and build on that in South East London where
2: we're based. Yeah. So we've got certainly with the generation, it would be back to solar. Thinking about making um, making solar work at the new feed and tariff it's just it's about cherry picking sites i think Mm -hmm. um we started to work with other groups in london and perhaps thinking about working in a more coordinated way across london to share good practice you know um but also maybe with collaborate um, collaborate on, on with with partners that may have sites across london and share costs Cost. Yeah, so I think there are, there are things that we can continue to do with renewable heat. But, you know, the community energy group isn't just about generation. Definitely not. I think there are, there are other um, energy efficiency-based possible business models we can look at. Um, and, you know, fuel <laughs> poverty isn't going away.
3: Mm-mm. It's getting
2: worse. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're just about to start some work. With our, in, in partnership with our local authorities about enabling the most vulnerable to get hold of ECO funded uh, energy efficiency measures. So I think there's lots, there's lots of other things we, that we want to do as a group. It doesn't, if renewable, if we decide it feels like too much of a risk, uh, we're not going to go down the renewable heat route. It, it, it's not by any means a barrier for us. I think we will try um, making
3: it work if we blink in well count. However. Geographically, we're actually located in one of the worst areas in London for air quality, especially around Deptford. So, for us, we will try and make it work if we possibly can. And it doesn't mean it's off the table for any future work. And, and, but we are, because of our location, it, it might not work because of these issues. But certainly, other community energy groups. We try and share any of our learnings, if depending on our capacity. Yeah. Um, so you never say never.
2: Yeah, and I, but I would love to make this work. So would I. You yeah. know, I mean, it's it's funny. Um, I think part of the ethical argument for air, the one of the one of the big up points for an air source heat pump, hmm? because, is that it's it's envisaging the future, a low carbon future. In the low carbon future, our heat will, according to current models, we need to move towards electricity for heat, mm. and and, and um, so it moves us in the right direction in terms of heat. Unless, of course, you're envisaging a, that the future of heat is all about um, hydrogen-based gas systems. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it's difficult. You know, we we're, we're, but you know, it, you know, it's interesting because you you know we are thinking about. I think heat will be something we will look at again if we decide right at this time it's not right. Because actually uh, it's so important that we mm. need to, uh, you know, move along with this and find uh, a technological solution that can be replicated across buildings in the UK. Um, and if now isn't the right time, there will be a time when it is the right time.
1: What role can community energy groups play now in helping to innovate in the heat market?
2: It's funny, people often assume that um, community energy groups are all about technological innovations. We're not. We're all about sociological innovations. We're all about finding the partners that the commercial sector does not reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and because actually they won't provide enough financial return, they won't... working with these guys is too troublesome. Um, the development time is too long. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I see Celsius role well very much as... Um, recruiting building owners for the renewable revolution, you know, um, and I think our role will be, will, will continue to be that is 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 helping schools and community centres and, um, in the case of our heat projects, leisure centres, um, all those buildings that we value as a community, um, all those sites to to include them in the future of energy. So yeah, and that's where we will continue to innovate, finding ways of working with people who wouldn't normally engage. And, uh, you know, that's a difficult kind of innovation to describe. It's you know, <laughs> it's not a new whizzy gadget. Um, it's, it's, it's about finding new ways of interacting. Tivana and Alex, thank you so much for joining me. That was
1: really interesting, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with the rest of our community. Mm-hmm, thank <laughs>
0: you. REGEN is an independent not-for-profit that uses its expertise to work with industry, communities and the public sector to revolutionise the way we generate, supply and use energy Join now Membership is open to any organisation who supports our mission and we will keep you informed, involved and connected Please visit www.regen.org RegenSW.co.uk.